Financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year. And then the inflation data came out, higher than expected. Friends, this isn't going away. It can't. The U.S. is $34 trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation, and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. Text STRANGE to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation with gold. Text STRANGE to 989898 now. This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. I'm Samantha Cole, host of the new season of Understood, The Pornhub Empire. Over the course of four episodes, I'll tell you how a horny YouTube knockoff in Canada came to dominate the porn world, only to shatter their cheeky reputation in a massive scandal. The Pornhub Empire is a new season of Understood from the CBC. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Welcome to Episode 9 of Conspiracy Unlimited. On this episode, political commentator Firebrand Megan Barth, the founder and proprietor of ReaganBabe.com, takes a look back at the year that was in 2017. We'll discuss the news stories that the mainstream media either chose to ignore or covered up. Me even talking about it makes me a little physically sick. To know that our FBI is compromised politically uh, with agents working in the FBI with political motivations and vendettas. Uh, I view this very clearly in black and white like I do many things. This is nothing less than sedition. This podcast is brought to you by Logo Creator 7 Software. These days, it's more important than ever to have a good image, especially if you have a small business or you sell stuff online or even post on social media. But quality graphics can cost money, and advanced software like Photoshop takes time to learn. That's why I want to tell you about some amazing piece of software called Creator 7. Creator 7 is so easy to use, yet it lets you create super-looking logos, business cards, character mascots, you name it, in just minutes. Whatever you create will look very cool and very impressive. Creator 7 comes with hundreds of ready-made templates. Just click and drag to make changes, and instantly you have really impressive graphics right on your computer. Some clever folks have even ordered the Creator 7 software to start their own logo-making business, creating and selling logos and graphics. 
for a profit. That's how good it is. But you won't believe the price. Creator 7 creates beautiful logos and designs right on your computer and works on either PC or Mac. And right now, it's available at an amazing price. To see it in action, just visit RadioShowLogo.com. That's RadioShowLogo.com. RadioShowLogo.com. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard Serrett. If I can ever get above ground and out of my little studio beneath the stairs, I might actually get some Christmas shopping done. Friday, December the 22nd, and I have barely started. You know, the twins, God bless them, they really, really believe in St. Nicholas. Bless their hearts. And subsequently, they're not shy about asking for anything. So Zachary has asked for Toronto Maple Leaf tickets uh, for himself and his brother. And I uh, I said, oh boy, Leafs tickets, huh? That's about $250 per ducat. And that those are the cheap seats. Uh, but Dad, Zach says, they won't cost you anything because Santa is going to get them for us. Oh, I thought, bless his heart. But even Santa has his limits. Uh, but I, uh, I do have it on good authority that um, Santa found three very affordable tickets to see the Leafs square off against the Buffalo Sabres at the Key Bank Center in March. Apparently, uh, Santa knows all about StubHub. God bless him. Okay, 2017, almost behind us. What a roller coaster. What a thrill. What a topsy-turvy year it's been filled with political intrigue, a subterfuge, uh, the stuff of a Tom Clancy novel, really, uh, and also very historic. Uh, more than anything, though, this was the year, I think, that for many of us cemented in our, our minds and our hearts that the journalism really is dead. Uh, so I thought, what a great time to talk about some of the, the news stories that the biased liberal mainstream media uh, either refused to cover or twisted and distorted. And uh, to help us do that, one of my favorite political commentators is with us. And so we embark on our year in review. Megan Barth is the founder and proprietor of ReaganBabe.com and a nationally recognized political commentator. She's weekly co-host for War, the Wayne Allen Root Show out of Las Vegas, Nevada, and has appeared on Headline News CNN, Newsmax TV, One America News Network, The Tipping Point with Liz Wheeler, America Trends with Dr. Gina, The Blaze Radio, Lars Larson, Bill Cunningham, and has regular weekly appearances on a variety of nationally syndicated radio shows. Her op-eds have been published in Canada Free Press, The Hill, American Thinker, and The Daily Caller. Megan Barth, welcome to Conspiracy Unlimited. How are you? I'm doing great, Richard. Thanks for having me on. Well, this is uh, sort of our, our year in review, and what a year it was, uh, 2017. So much political intrigue, subterfuge, uh, Donald Trump versus the deep state. I want to get into all of that. Uh, but let's talk about uh, the, the, the stories that the liberal mainstream media simply ignored or got wrong or, uh, you know, just chose to, to misrepresent. 
there's so many examples, and I, I let me just throw it to you and, and see where, where you'd like to start, because I have some I'd like to discuss as well. Oh, geez. Well, I, I think uh, outside of the unmasking uh, that the deep state conducted on behalf of the Democrat Party, the Obama administration, and the Hillary campaign of innocent Americans that were surrounding the Trump campaign, hundreds of them, uh, based on a falsified uh, uh, uh dossier, Russian dossier, there was also a lot of other unmasking going on, and that was thanks to Donald Trump. Uh, His presidency shook the power brokers in Washington, D.C., and really shook both parties to their core. And the power brokers are not only political power brokers as far as political parties are concerned, but it's also the mainstream media. Whereby I was told a long time ago by Andrew Breitbart, may God rest his soul, yes. that the Democrat media complex was, in essence, uh, his term for uh, the media as a arm of the Democrat Party. And I understood that to be true, and that's one of the reasons why I started ReaganBabe.com, because I simply wasn't seeing truth in the headlines. I was seeing sensationalized journalism, yellow journalism, an absence of investigative journalism. And when Donald Trump took to Twitter, uh, it really shook their apple cart, because they no longer, the mainstream media could no longer manufacture the headlines based upon Democrat talking points and influence of the Democrat Party. They now had... Uh, a president who was shaping the headlines for them, speaking directly uh, globally as well as to the American people, his supporters, and he robbed them of that power. And that's what I think was the most, uh, what has been one of the most uh, greatest achievements, I would say, of this Donald Trump presidency was not only to expose the bias of the mainstream media, but also neuter the power of the mainstream media, as which he calls fake news, which now everyone's calling fake news. And now you have the fake news trying to prove that they're not fake news. (laughs) (laughs) He, he, He is a master. Uh, of social media uh, in much the same way that, let's say, for example, Huey P. Long really created the whole um, use of radio, uh, you know, his radio addresses when he became even even more popular than FDR, when which may have cost him his life ultimately. But uh, the, the way that he sets the narrative, every 24-hour news cycle is now basically set by the president with his morning tweets at 4 o'clock in the morning or what have you, and off the MSM go, chasing chasing uh, him wherever he wants to lead them, by their nose usually. Yeah, he's put them on the defense uh, instead of them taking an offensive, aggressive position against him. And I find it very interesting that the mainstream media complains about his tweets but yet then they use his tweets against him. Uh, it's kind of a catch-22 for them. Uh, some people want him to tweet less. Well, why is that when you can ridicule him uh, based upon what he tweets and then manufacture headlines? For example, when he said about Senator Christian Gillibrand that she would do anything uh, politically or do anything for donations or something, uh, they, of course, took that to be sexist and misogynistic. And, of course, you know, that's the renewed Republican war on women Uh, stemming from the time that Mitt Romney kept women in binders. (laughs) And uh, you also see a a huge amount of what they want to call mistakes and what I call purposeful lies. 
Uh, it's a form of sabotage that the press has engaged in, along with the Democrat Party, as part of a coup, really, to undermine this election and overthrow this president. Uh, I have never uh, witnessed so many retractions uh, as I have uh, when it comes to the press and this president. Uh, please inform me, because I have looked and looked, so perhaps I'm wrong or I just have overlooked something but I don't recall the press ever retracting a story about Barack Obama. I don't recall the press uh, publishing false information or anonymous sources that haven't been vetted when it came to Barack Obama. But yet the press is willing to run with anonymous sources that aren't vetted. Uh, they are willing to collude and conspire amongst uh, their press corps as well as with the Democrat Party and publish false reports and then have to issue retractions. They did that to Michael Flynn. They've done that to Jeff Sessions. They've done that to members of the Trump team, including his son, Donald Jr. Uh, and they, have, of course, done it to Trump. And even when Donald Trump was in Pensacola last week, pseudo campaigning for Roy Moore and having a rally in Pensacola, Florida, David Weigel of The Washington Post, which is Jeff Bezos' blog, uh, liberal rag that it is, uh, published a photo that uh, he knew to be false and then pretended it was true. Uh, and, of course, he had to apologize for his mistake. This was a photograph uh, taken of the arena, and it wasn't full because Trump hadn't taken the stage yet, and yet he was pretending or offering this up uh, as evidence that you know Trump's support is lagging and no one showed up at this uh, uh, this rally when, in fact, after, there were thousands of people, as per usual, uh, who didn't get in, who were waiting outside. Right. And of course, he's not going to take a picture of that. He takes a picture and then posts it on Twitter and then it gets retweeted, you know, thousands of times. And of course, his mistake or his apology gets treated a dozen times. Uh, and so th this manipulation of public perception uh, is nothing more than manipulation of the truth. It is lying. Uh, and there is a coordinated effort uh, in order to sabotage this administration. And the press is a very f powerful medium. The Democrats own the press. The press owns the narrative. And there, therein lies the fake news. I wanted to also ask you, you mentioned the, uh, the, the dossier, uh, yes. which is, it's not necessarily the basis for the entire special counsel and investigation uh, into so-called Russian meddling in the election, but it's certainly... According to the FBI and according to even people in Congress, that dossier uh, is part of the reason uh, that this investigation is going on, which is kind of ironic because they're supposed to be investigating whether there was Russian meddling in the election, and yet they're using as the premise for that uh, the dossier which was obtained in part by Russian intelligence. Yeah, and a dossier really is the main uh ingredient uh, in, in this witch hunt. And just to kind of backtrack a little bit, um, the dossier was created uh, through funding of the Hillary Clinton campaign, the DNC, which she actually owned, uh, and the FBI, which we believe that the FBI paid for, uh, with compromised in investigators within the FBI, uh, one by the name of uh, Stoles, I believe his name is Stroes. I think uh, that's Peter like, Struck. Peter Struck. Struck. Thank you, Struck. And um, what we find out is that uh, the dossier was created and helped by uh, uh, Fusion GPS, which is a, op a political opposition research firm. And so you've got the DNC, the FBI, Fusion GPS, and a British intelligence spy by the name of Christopher Steele 
all manufacturing this story, a salacious story, which basically puts Donald Trump in bed with some Russian prostitutes. Uh, that is a complete false story. Uh, and so what they did is they used this false dossier in order to create a FISA warrant, uh, which they which they approached the FISA court, whereby the court then issues the warrant, which allowed them to spy on the Trump campaign and those within his campaign. And through this spying, they picked up some information related to Michael Flynn. Uh, and Michael Flynn was making phone calls during the transition time to, uh, you know, a various ambassadors, one including a Russian ambassador. Now, this phone call was recorded, obviously, because he was being spied upon. And uh, because he lied to uh, the vice president, he was fired. But now he is part of the Mueller Russian collusion investigation. Uh, whereby he plead, pled guilty to lying to the FBI. Now, why is this important? Well, because he was taped, and that's how they caught him in the lie. And uh, r- remind me of the guy's name again, Strohs. Oh, I always, uh, Peter Strzok. Struck. I don't know why I can't remember Struck. Well, that's S-T-R-O-C-Z-C. <laughs> I think it's, a, it's um, an unusual spelling. It is an unusual spelling. So Struck, thank you. So Struck interviewed Michael Flynn and caught him in a lie because he had the recorded tapes. But what was interesting is Strzok also interviewed Hillary Clinton related to her email server. Now, she was never recorded. She was never put under oath. They never had a stenographer present, nor did they have any uh, recording of the three-hour interview. So they could never charge Hillary Clinton for lying to the FBI. And Comey wrote a, a letter exonerating Hillary even before the investigation was completed. Correct. And in that letter, uh, before the exoneration, the evidence that he had gathered, he had determined that she was criminally negligent, grossly negligent in handling classified documents. It was struck that made him change that language to extremely careless so she could avoid being tried un- and charged under the Espionage Act. Then we have these uh, texts flying back between Strzok and his, his lover. Yes. Uh, and, and she's talking about how he, is, he was born to be put in this position of power to save the country, obviously, from Trump. Uh, so here we have Strzok exonerating Hillary Clinton uh, which I guess is part of Plan A to get her into the White House. That doesn't work. So now they need the insurance policy, which is mentioned in those texts. We need an insurance policy. What's the insurance policy, Megan? The Russian dossier. Hmm. Fascinating. I mean, the insurance policy was the Russian dossier, and that's what's so sickening. Me even talking about it makes me a little physically sick. To know that our FBI is compromised politically uh, with agents working in the FBI with political motivations and vendettas. Uh, I view this very clearly in black and white like I do many things. This is nothing less than sedition. Wow, a pretty serious charge. Well, when you are trying to overthrow Mm -hmm. the results of an election and an administration – by sub, sub by acting in a covert manner and manipulating the language 
which is to be applied to an espionage crime in order to save a political figure. Uh, an overthrow of a government is a coup. It does, that doesn't mean militarily. It, it, it could also be the elites within that government. Right. And this right. is what we're witnessing right now. Uh, and the, the FBI seems to be thumbing their nose at any congressional oversight, refusing to answer any questions. Did they pay for the dossier? Uh, how, how, how much influence does the dossier have in this investigation and so forth? They won't answer any of these questions, but they are obligated to. They are obligated to. And, and that's why uh, Congress, you know, the Republicans act like they're not in power. They are constantly on the defense. Uh, but they do have the power. They do have the subpoena power. Uh, what's interesting is that the second in line to the uh, FBI, Andrew McCabe, who's also politically compromised, uh, who was involved in the Uranium One scandal, whose wife took $700,000 from the DNC to run a senatorial campaign or a, or a congressional campaign in Virginia, uh, Democrat. He's second in line to the FBI. He was supposed to testify. This is what I find very interesting in all of the leaks, too, that have been going on here. Um not only was James Comey a leaker, which uh, is a violation of the law, but Andrew McCabe was supposed to appear before Congress, uh, before the Judiciary Committee, and answer some uh, questions. Uh, he canceled that meeting this week because I'm sure he knew that these text messages from Strzok were going to hit the Washington Post last night. Uh, he was supposed to testify the day before. And, oh, you know what? He, there was an oversight. Uh, he's busy. Uh, there was a schedule conflict. Uh, and so he canceled his meeting with the Judiciary Committee, where he was supposed to testify and answer, answer some questions. The day before, the Washington Post drops the struck texts with his mistress. Now, when did the Washington Post drop the texts? Last night at 9.42 p.m. Eastern, in the middle of one of the most contested, uh, attention-driven elections uh, in a state election of Alabama. Mm -hmm. Now, that's also part of the cover-up. And this is how the mainstream media manipulates the stories. They'll bury stories that they don't want headlining in the news, and they'll drop a story uh, late at night uh, during an election, which has all of the attention. Megan, when society loses faith in the fourth estate, that's a serious problem for any democracy. I'll tell you something, though, that we can count on. If you're looking for world-class website hosting at a fair price, this is the company I've been telling you about, Pair Networks. They host hundreds of thousands of websites. And why do I recommend them? It's real simple. Because they set the standard for excellence with a technical support staff that's second to none. Their support team, they respond so quickly. They always give straight answers. That's important. Plus, they have top-of-the-line technology. That's why Pair Networks offers total reliability for your website with a money-back guarantee, I might add. So whether you're a professional web designer, a busy web marketer, or you're just getting a site online, Pair Networks has a web hosting plan that's right for you. Log on and learn more at Pair.com. Let me spell it out for you. P-A-I-R.com. P-A-I-R.com. Pair Networks. Theoretical physicists say that there's as many as 12 hyperdimensions. Here are just three of them. Conspiracy Unlimited. Conspiracy Unlimited. Conspiracy Unlimited. Pretty cool, huh? Uh, here's an extra one. Conspiracy Unlimited. Hey, how about one more? Conspiracy Unlimited. And the great thing is we have six hyperdimensions left. Conspiracy Unlimited. Five. 
Hi there. I want to tell you about a podcast I know you're going to love. It's called The Dead Files from Travel Channel. On The Dead Files, Amy Allen and Steve DeShavi investigate the paranormal activity haunting real people and homes across the United States. Amy and Steve come from totally different perspectives when they investigate. Amy's a medium. She sees and speaks to dead people and uses this skill to find out why someone might be haunting a place. Steve is a retired homicide detective. He tackles the case from the other end of the spectrum and uses public records and witness accounts to piece together the history of the haunted location. On every episode, Steve and Amy investigate a different, real haunting to help the family struggling with its effects. On one episode in Falconer, New York, a family keeps waking up with scratches and bruises. They also see a shadow figure lurking around their home. They call Amy and Steve to investigate. Amy uses her strength as a medium to understand who the presence is coming from and why it's so angry. Separately, Steve finds out the history of the house from the townspeople and in public records. He finds that several people who lived in this house died, which matches Amy's findings. At the end of the episode, Steve and Amy share their findings and make a recommendation on whether it's safe to stay in the house or time to get out. There are so many crazy stories on the dead files. And what's interesting about Amy and Steve is that they investigate the hauntings from two totally different perspectives. You listen to my podcast because you love tales of the paranormal. But if you want more, listen to The Dead Files wherever you get your podcasts. The highly anticipated second season of the hit podcast Proof is finally here. Proof is an investigative true crime podcast co-hosted by Susan Simpson of Undisclosed and Jacinda Davis of Evil Lives Here. Proof made headlines for its first season in 2022 after proving the innocence of two Georgia men serving life sentences for murdering their friend Brian Bowling when they were just 17 years old. 25 years later, on December 8, 2022, both men were finally freed based on evidence unearthed by Proof. In the second season of Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, Susan and Jacinda are on the case again, this time traveling the streets of Manteca, California, to uncover who really murdered 18-year-old Rene Ramos. On June the 5th, 2000, Ramos's body was found buried under a pile of debris inside the shell of a new Home Depot building. Despite tips hinting at alternate suspects, tips that were ignored until now, Renee's boyfriend, 18-year-old skateboarder Jake Silva, and Ty Lopez, the 33-year-old uncle of one of Jake's close friends, were arrested and convicted of her murder. Fans of true crime and investigative series won't want to miss this riveting new season. Follow the case as Susan and Jacinda uncover long-overlooked evidence about what really happened to Renee by listening to Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, wherever you get your podcasts. Megan Barth is a political commentator and the founder and proprietor of ReaganBabe.com. I want to, um, I want to move on oh. to some other um, issues that haven't received any coverage in the mainstream media, uh, and that is Planned Parenthood uh, and the uh, Department of Justice criminal investigation of Planned Parenthood for selling, illegally selling, trading. Uh, I mean, this is so gruesome. Uh, yeah. uh, b- body parts, fetal tissues, they call them, uh, uh, and uh, partial birth abortions in order to deliver intact uh, organs and so forth. It is so um, hellacious to even talk about, and yet it's going on, but not being covered by the mainstream media. Uh, no, of course not, because Planned Parenthood is their sacred cow. I mean, they got to keep the abortion mills going for reproductive justice, don't you know? Mm. <laughs> uh, and so if Planned Parenthood wasn't doing anything wrong, 
uh, then why were all of their lead doctors on tape confessing to these crimes of selling fetal tissue? Uh, it certainly wasn't a script that James, or excuse me, that uh, the investigators or the the filmers, the undercover uh, investigators were filming. It wasn't a script they created and handed to the doctors and made them say that they were selling body parts. Uh, and so I'm glad that Jeff Sessions. They, I don't think that he's done a lot of things, right? Uh, but one of the things that he has done is open an investigation because there are definitely violations of federal law, specifically when you're using taxpayer dollars um, also to fund an abortion mill. And for those that are going to tell me that Planned Parenthood uh, provides breast cancer screening and mammograms, that is an outright lie. You call any Planned Parenthood in this country, they do not have a mammography machine. Uh, they will refer women out uh, for breast cancer screenings. Uh, they are an abortion mill. Uh, over one million babies uh, a year are aborted in this country. It is um, basically uh, Democrat genocide. And when you look at what the Democrats have done to the black community, for example, when you look at what the Democrats have done as far as their abortion platform, I'm old enough to remember, I wasn't around when Roe v. Wade was passed, However, I'm old enough to remember when it was just the first three months, it was just the first trimester, and it was in the, in the, um, in the, it was a result of rape or incest. That's when abortion was considered okay. Well, now the new Democrat platform, uh, as espoused by many leading Democrats, is abortion on demand, which means that an eight month pregnant woman or a nine month pregnant woman, if she loses her job or changes her mind or loses her husband or her boyfriend, can simply walk into a Planned Parenthood and have her eight-month or nine-month-old fetus aborted. The only criminal charges that have been laid so far, ironic, ironically, uh, are against the Center for Media Progress, this yeah. under an undercover investigative unit that tried to uncover all this. They're the only ones that have been charged. Well, right, and that's California for you. That's the progressive totalitarian left. Uh, instead of going after Planned Parenthood, because, of course, that's one of their biggest supporters, uh, it's amazing how much political money uh, Planned Parenthood spends. I mean, uh, they are spending millions and millions of dollars a year funding Democrats, holding fundraisers, etc., uh, and they, in turn, get Democrat support and millions in fundraisers, and they get someone like an attorney general like Javier Becerra or formerly Kamala Harris, who now is in the Senate, uh, going after those that are exposing these gross misdeeds. The other uh, huge story, uh, we haven't heard much about it recently, and that is the, the non-investigation into the Seth Rich um, murder. Uh, have you heard anything recently, any new details, or are the Washington police uh, continuing to stonewall any type of outside investigation from independent investigators? I haven't heard anything lately, but I, I found that the Donna Brazil book uh, was quite enlightening, especially when she dedicates it to Seth Rich. Uh, and in her book, she said uh, that she was basically sleeping with one eye open. She was being followed. She was she had to close her blinds at night. She was uh, receiving threatening phone calls. Now, why would that be? especially a woman in a powerful position as she was DNC chair for a temporary amount of time when Debbie Wasserman Schultz was fired for rigging the primary. Um, it is because she obviously knew too much. 
And uh, I think she knows a lot more. And I do think that he was the leaker. I do not think that Russians hacked the DNC. I think that because of his skill set in the fact that he was very technically proficient or te- uh, technologically proficient, uh, he was able to offload the information that he found that concerned him. I consider him a patriot. I don't care if you're a Democrat or a Republican. If you're doing the right thing for the country, I'll support you. And I do believe because WikiLeaks kind of you know, hinted that he was in the sense that he was the panda, that was his nickname, uh, he was the leaker and he obviously knew too much. They said he was robbed. Well, how was he robbed when nothing was taken off his person and he was basically shot in the back of the head? It was much like Vince Foster committed suicide by having a shot to the back of the head. Mm. Still no uh, ballistics report, uh, still no autopsy. Have you ever seen a, a, a murder investigation handled this way where at, to this date we still, don't have, we still don't have ballistics, we still don't have autopsy? We don't even know which hospital he was taken to? Right, and we don't even – and. <laughs> We don't even have, you know, in D.C., it's kind of like there's eyes in the sky everywhere, right? There, there, there's there's cameras on street corners. There, You know, you can't really get away with too much, especially in D.C. and in, in the area. It wasn't like he was walking in a bad area. Uh, we don't even have any, you know, footage, camera footage. Um, no, the only other investigation I've seen that has been stonewalled or has gone stone cold silent is that of the uh, Las Vegas massacre that happened here on October 4th, on October 1st. That's uh, that's another big one that's just been uh, allowed to uh, to go to go stone silent. Uh, and again, so many questions surrounding that that remain unanswered. It seems like MGM Grand is basically controlling the the, the information flow. Uh, I, I mean, this whole uh, timeline and and Jesus Campos, the uh, the security guard, allowed to to leave the country. Here we have a material witness. Uh, who suffers a, um, a a serious leg injury uh, when confronting the shooter, uh, and then is a few days later is allowed to leave the country, uh, and then he disappears for a while upon his return. There's so many strange elements to this story. Uh, I mean, where are the investigative journalists? They're they're uh, they're online, I guess. They're citizen journalists that are trying to piece this thing together, but absolutely uh, no. Just zero intellectual curiosity on the part of uh, the mainstream media. Yeah, you're exactly right. This has kind of fallen to the wayside. The largest mass shooting in a, in America's history uh, has completely gone black. It's gone silent. Um, I can tell you, being having lived in Vegas now for two years, it's a very small town. People think it's this bright, big city. It's not. Uh, the Strip is only about, what, three miles long or something like that, and that's about all the lights you're going to see. Uh, otherwise, we're a pretty quiet, small, uh, close-knit valley. Uh, it has really shaken this valley to the core. Um, you know, I didn't know what to believe at first. I was listening to the police scanner from the time the shooting started because I had a tweet that said live shooter, and I immediately jumped on the police scanner, and I listened for the next uh, five hours uh, as to all of the first responders uh, calling in through uh, the uh, police scanner. Um, and I am of the belief um, and, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist, even though I'm on your show, but I'm, I'm of the belief that there is no way that one shooter, James Paddock, could shoot 1,100 rounds of ammunition in six minutes. Uh, I don't care if he had uh, a belt. 
the, the weaponry that he had and even the belt, I don't think would have allowed him to get off that many rounds. I don't understand why he had two sniper perches, uh, especially in six minutes. You're telling me he's running back and forth between two sniper perches, perches and somehow got 1,100 rounds off? Right. This is a flabby, retired, retired. accountant with zero military training. Right. And, and I do believe there's a couple there's a couple theories going around. I just heard this one the other day and it kind of makes sense. Did he work for the CIA? Was he a runner? He had two planes. Um, very interesting. Is there a Saudi connection, which I kind of tend to believe because immediately after this shooting, you saw a complete upheaval in the Saudi regime, meaning that all of the old Saudis that were also involved in the 9-11 terrorist attacks were now arrested. Uh, their bank accounts seized. Yes, they were put up at a Four Seasons in Saudi. However, there was a change of guard whereby more moderate, less Sunni or Salafi Muslims, rather Salafi Muslims, were pushed out. Um, and so when you look at his girlfriend, for example, the Filipina uh, lady, mm-hmm. uh, when did she go to the Philippines, Richard? W- was it the day before the shooting? Was it a week before the shooting? I, I would simply like to know when she left the country. Precisely. Because Precisely. If, if my boyfriend brought 12 suitcases for a five-day trip I would sure as heck know what was in those suitcases. Here's the other thing. You mentioned 1,100, and this came from a uh, a ballistics report, 1,100 rounds were fired. If you had fired 1,100 rounds in a relatively small hotel suite, the the ground, you you wouldn't be up to your ankles, but I mean, there would be shells everywhere. In those, any of the crime scene pictures, I didn't see evidence of 1,100 shells lying around. No. That's why I think that there was a second shooter, and that's why I think someone got away, and I think that there was a cleanup job. I mean, I listened to SWAT. Okay, I listened to the SWAT team taking the 32nd floor. I listened to them secure all the floors around the 32nd floor. I listened to them breach the door. And all of that happened within about 10 minutes of when the first shot was fired. Now, the shooting only lasted six minutes, so maybe it took them an extra four minutes to, you know, locate and get up the 32nd floor and all of that. But it simply does not make sense to me. Nothing makes sense. And when it doesn't make sense, it must not be true what they're telling us. Yeah, we uh, today they call it a conspiracy theory. We used to call that deductive reasoning. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. What are the other uh, big stories as you look back on 2017, uh, Megan, that you think were undercovered or uh, ignored? Oh, geez. Um, I I think that what was truly ignored um, and buried, uh, a a couple things, but one was the rigging of the primary. Now, this was a very important election, obviously. But it's a very important story because I was saying from day one when we found out that Hillary Clinton rigged the primary along with Debbie Wasserman Schultz, we didn't know at the time that Hillary Clinton owned the DNC. They had entered in a contractual relationship with Donna Brazile, uh, outlined in her book, uh, that basically Hillary would take over the DNC and manage the day-to-day operations, and the DNC was basically her campaign arm. So Barry, or excuse me, Bernie Sanders never had a fighting chance. Uh, they rigged the, the primary in the in the fact that they had the super uber duper delegates, like 700 of them. 
And so what they really did was they um, they took away the votes of Bernie Sanders supporters, millions of them. And I always said if Hillary Clinton could ring the primary, what would prohibit her from rigging a national election? And I believe that is why she was so surprised, because the Democrat Party thought they had the fraud baked into the bread. Uh, I uncovered a large and massive voter registration fraud operation here in Nevada. If you go to ReaganBabe.com, you will see the results of that investigation. I never got help from the FBI, even though we had a former FBI agent conduct the investigation 31 years with a variety of federal agents as far as an investigator. Uh, he perf- he performed the, the uh, interviews of the whistleblowers that came forward in this state, one including a post office worker. Uh, he interviewed other witnesses. And we handed this investigative brief, which is basically a lead sheet to the FBI, and the FBI did nothing with it. Um, we have massive amounts of voter registration fraud here in this country because many states like Nevada do not check the citizenship of registered voters. What's That's- happening with that investigation? There was there was supposed to be a federal investigation of voter fraud at Trump's behest. What, what has happened with that? Well, they have been inundated with lawsuits, of course, by the ACLU, by even one of the only Democrats seated on the Election Integrity Commission is suing the commission. (laughs) Yeah. So what we uncovered here in Nevada, I believe, is a template of fraud, uh, whereby what Democrat operatives are doing, that includes the unions, uh, that includes La Familia Vota, that includes other progressive agencies owned by George Soros, funded by George Soros, They are doing massive registration drives knowing full well that there are many states that have no records of citizenship and aren't checking the citizenship of registered voters. Uh, So the Election Integrity Commission is basically uh, in the middle of multiple lawsuits and can't seem to find uh, their way through those trees. You mentioned George Soros. Soros, uh, his, uh, I believe it's called the Alliance for Global Justice. This is his... Uh, NGO, and he's been funneling money through that organization uh, to uh, a lot of these agitators, Antifa uh, groups on colleges, college campuses, particularly uh, Berkeley, uh, basically paying them to shut down uh, conservative speakers. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, we're not hearing anything about that in the mainstream media. Surprise, surprise. Right. And, and, and again, I'm, I, I don't like to use the word sedition freely. However, when you look at George Soros operations, they are truly seditious in nature, even so that his own home country of Hungary has banned him and his schools and all of his agencies and nonprofit organizations from his own home country. Uh, I think that's exactly what we need to do here. Um, he's a very evil, evil man, and he's a primary financier of the Democrat Party. Um, when you look at the freedom of speech that's being prohibited uh, and violated on our campuses uh, in the name of social justice, well, there is no justice in social justice. Justice is supposed to be blind. Our campuses are supposed to be incubators of thought and free exchange of information. They are instead indoctrination centers by radical leftists uh, like that you'll find in Berkeley. But Berkeley's not alone. You go to any Ivy League school and even less than Ivy League school, uh, and you will find safe spaces where Republicans or others that might not uh, subscribe to Marxist ideology uh, have to go in order to wear a Trump hat or to speak freely 
Uh, safe spaces are in direct violation of the First Amendment, but we have nobody that's actually holding these universities accountable for violating our First Amendment rights. So it's I mean, on the surface, a lot of this looks very grim, uh, but at least now it's 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 coming to the surface, sort of percolating to the surface. The question is. Uh, is there is there enough awareness? Can we turn this thing around? What are your how how do you see this playing out over the next several years? Um, well, I'm kind of actually glad that Judge Roy Moore lost, and the reason why is for multiple reasons. But the main reason was is because that would give another excuse for the mainstream media to undermine this president and paint the Republican Party as you know protectors of child molesters and that we have a war on children or a war on women. It would have created more noise in the news cycle that we simply don't need right now. Um, So what I kind of see is, yes, uh, there is a resurgence of conservatism. There is a resurgence of populism, and it is due to Trump's candidacy and his presidency. Um, He expanded the tent, uh, much like Reagan did back in the 80s. Uh, He even doubled the black vote that Mitt Romney had gotten. Um, he once we get this economy rolling and it's already doing a pretty good job. But once we get it rolling, I think that there are going to be more and more people drawn into the populist conservative movement. And that's exactly what is needed. Also, uh, there is a big um, vacuum as far as media. Uh, Fox media has been watered down. Uh, and not many people are tuning in. We're kind of tired of looking at uh, Chris Steyerwall and Carl Rove telling us what we should think. <laughs> Considering they were so wrong before, you know, um, they're still headlining on basically every program. So there are there's a new media company that is going to be uh, premiering here uh, soon, which I think will rival Fox News and provide uh, uh, not only entertainment, but investigative journalism and truth. Uh, And that's what's needed to counteract uh, the Democrat media complex. So I I think that Donald Trump's presidency has invigorated uh, many Americans. We won the Rust Belt. I mean, the Rust Belt, for crying out loud. That is unheard of. That means that working men and women, many of them union members, shunned the Democrat Party. Middle class, hard workers, work with their hands, want to be left alone, put dinner on the table. They voted Republican, some for the first time in their life. And if we can get through with our Republican majority, these tax cuts and some other initiatives that will really uh, give a boost to this economy, uh, I think that's really where our hope lies. Uh, Speaking of uh, 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 Trump promises and initiatives, where are we in terms of uh, the campaign promise to allow inner city parents to choose the school. Where's Betsy DeVos on, on, on allowing school choice? I haven't heard anything from her. You know, she has been a little bit quiet, and I have not checked into that, but I know that's one of her platforms. She was a champion of charter schools in Michigan, um, and that's always been a Republican ideal, but we've been so far up against the unions, the unions always knock them down because they have such a stranglehold on education. Uh, The reforms that are necessary in the Federal Department of Education are coming. I know that some states are dropping Common Core, thank God. But we really do need to drive the education back down to the states instead of a federal one-size-fits-all. Because right now what we have are Marxist revolutionaries coming out of our schools and not free-thinking, spirited individuals. Uh, And that needs to change. I was certainly uh, shocked 
well, I shouldn't say shocked, disheartened by that, that recent poll that said that showed 40% of millennials would like to live in a socialist country. 40%, Megan. And I say, let's send them there. A one, them a, a one way ticket to Venezuela. Them. Yeah, yeah. Take them to Venezuela, take them to Cuba, and show them how great socialism works in those countries. See, socialism sounds great. Uh, it's kind of a euphemism. Uh, it sounds so nice. Everybody gets health care, everybody's fed. Everybody gets educated, and supposedly somehow that's all free. So why don't they see what a free meal looks like in Venezuela? Hmm. Actually, Venezuela was encouraging people to grow their own rabbits so they could eat, or to, I'm sorry, to, to, to uh, have their own rabbits so they could eat. Um, you look at Cuba, for example. Uh, the hospitals there are worse than third world. Um, so I say collect all those millennials and send them on a, uh, a field trip, and then we'll see how much they love socialism. Well, as Margaret Thatcher said, the problem with socialism is eventually you run out of other people's money. That's right. Megan, a real pleasure. Thank you for joining me, and uh, a very Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah to you. Well, thank you. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and thanks for having me on, Richard. It's oh, always a pleasure. Re- let's get a, a plug in here. Uh, ReaganBabe.com, ReaganBabe.com, and uh, let's see. What, there's the uh, the radio show out of Las Vegas. There's a there's Reagan Babe Radio as well. Right. I, I put all of my uh, guest hosting and some clips up on my Reagan Babe Radio, which you'll find on ReaganBabe.com. I have Twitter, Reagan Babe, and Facebook at Reagan Babe. Excellent. All right. We'll speak again soon. Sounds great. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, I want to tell you what's coming up on episode 10 of Conspiracy Unlimited. But before we get to that, I have to ask you, have you heard about this free guide you can download that contains a list of online power tools to make you more efficient, secure, and boost your income? Best of all, this online toolbox guide is absolutely free. How do you get it? It's simple. Visit freebusinesstoolbox.com and grab your copy while they last. This guide has some of the very same online tools that successful business owners use every day, and each one is highly recommended. I know there are a lot of websites out there that will offer you a special giveaway like this, but then they want to stick you into a recurring program or some other deal. This isn't like that. There's no hidden thing to try. No credit card is needed. No cost whatsoever. Brightbiz is literally giving away this online toolbox guide completely free as a means of putting their best foot forward. But this is a limited time offer. So grab your free guide today and take your business and your income to the next level. Visit freebusinesstoolbox.com and get your free guide to 36 online power tools. That address again, freebusinesstoolbox.com. Coming up on episode 10 of Conspiracy Unlimited, my Christmas special and a conversation with British psychic medium Craig Hamilton Parker. We'll talk about his amazing predictions, his mystical journey to India, proof of life after death, and his seance to contact the spirit of Princess Diana. Until next time, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting.
Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 